You're listening to The Mousecapades Podcast With Mick and Dave May the 4th be with you Sponsored by Two Tickets to Paradise.net. It's that time again, my friends. Time to book your ADRs and schedule your fast passes. We're going to take you on a trip to the vacation kingdom of the world. It all started with one man's dream, and boy, was that a big dream. From that dream, millions of memories and in just as many smiles remind us why we love it so much. So pack your bags and don't forget your magic bands and your Mickey ears because it's time for another episode of the Mousecapades podcast with Nick and Dave. Interested in becoming a travel agent yourself and helping others plan their next Disney vacation? Interested in learning more about Surge 365? How to get paid to travel, make $1,000 bonuses, or just simply want to book your next Disney vacation with Disney professionals? Well, Dream Makers at Two Tickets to Paradise Travel are ready to help you make your wish come true. Contact travel at Two Tickets to Paradise.net. Don't dream your life. Live your dreams. Have an idea, question, or want to share your experiences on the show? Contact Nick and Dave anytime. Email them at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. Text them at 407-674-0414. Follow Nick and Dave on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Simply search for Mousecapades Podcast. Listen to Nick and Dave on iTunes, Podcast Addict, TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher Radio. Simply search for Mousecapades Mousecapades Podcast. Now, from the Mousecapades Studios, here are your hosts, Nick and Dave. So in the news and happening now, Dave, have you heard of a person named Martin Bueller? I have not. Martin Bueller, Dave, was a director of research at iRobot, and he's the VP at Vecton Technologies. But he's mostly well-known, Dave. Uh, he worked on the Boston Dynamics Big Dog Project. Have you seen these videos online? You may have seen it in the news uh, a few months back. It's basically this robot, this animatronic that's been developed. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, the dog robot. Like a dog, okay. right, exactly. And you saw the dog walking right. on different types of terrains, like snow and ice and uh, just the street and mud and things like that. What's wild about it, Dave, it actually moves, I mean, they call it the dog robot because it's the size of a dog, but it moves like a dog. Yeah. It's crazy. And I think that I've, if I remember it right, I think they said that that's going to start replacing real dogs as pets because you don't have to clean up after them or anything. <laughs> I would, well, then cool. Aaron will finally get yeah. her dog because we all know I won't have a dog in the house. Anywho, uh, I immediately thought of this <clears throat> uh, robot. This dog robot, how cool would this be to have in the field for military individuals, like wounded individuals in the field? I don't, I don't know. That was just like my first reaction when I saw the video a while back. And then when I just watched it again uh, earlier this evening, 
I thought, wow, this is a really cool technology here that can be utilized for the good in the military, uh, helping bring back wounded individuals out of those combat zones and things like that. Who knows what else it's going to be used for, but that was just one thing that came to mind. But getting back to the story, so this guy Martin has been not, has now just been hired by the Walt Disney Company. You know, Universal Studios, Dave, has been stealing the thunder from Disney with the new Harry Potter land, right. and now Disney's having to actually compete against someone and universal studios it just happens to be right down the street so that's really bad news for disney they brought this guy in not only you know disney's creating avatar land but at hollywood studios they're now building star wars land really yes and you know i talked about that uh, a couple of podcasts ago, I really wish they would have a Star Wars land. So apparently, that's just rumor, but it's kind of like confirmed, unconfirmed. I was gonna say, is that a done rumor. deal? Because that's been something that people have wanted for a long, long time. Right, and it's been leaked. So uh, it has not been confirmed, but it's been leaked. Uh, so not only are we going to have an Avatar land in Animal Kingdom, but we're also going to have a Star Wars land. Hopefully, keep your fingers crossed at Hollywood Studios, and I'm so. Super uber excited. This guy is going to come in and help out with the animatronics and actually be in charge of the Imagineers with these projects. How cool is that? Yeah, I I just thought that was really awesome. Disney's actually now going to uh, change with the times, you might say, and start competing with Universal Studios. It's right down the street. With something that appeals to these millennials, Avatar Land and Star Wars. You have to change with the millennials. Bring them in. Yeah, that's going to be sweet. They have the uh, Transformers and over at Universal and, like you said, Harry Potter World, and now it's something to kind of energize that part because it desperately needs it. I totally agree with you, buddy. They, they do, and some change is needed. So speaking of changes, Dave, Disney World Parks and the resorts just released a refurbishment calendar. And a big hot topic right now that's on the refurbishment calendar is the monorail system. Yeah, I heard about this. The monorail's not going to be making its loop. It's going to go more like a C, back and forth. And it's going to continue that until now through December 15th. So when I go down there and when you go down there, we'll have to check it out. Uh, So guests, listeners, if you plan on using this form of transportation during your visit, just be sure to check and uh, make sure what best, best options are available to you. So also in refurbishment, Dave, the Jungle Cruise, it's going to be out of operation from April 13th through May 8th of this year. Big Thunder Mountain uh, Railroad, April 27th through the 30th. And, of course, all these rides right here that I'm talking about right now are at the Magic Kingdom. Casey Jr. Splash and Soap Station, April 27th through May 1st. Pirates of the Caribbean, which is a big bummer. It's going to be out, Dave. You and I have already talked about this. My wife's bummed out. I'm bummed out. I really wanted Callan to ride it this year because he was scared of it last year. And I feel that he's ready, but he's not going to have that opportunity because it's going to be out June 8th, just right before I get there, all the way through September 25th. Also, Liberty Tree Tavern is going to be under refurbishment from July 6th to November 19th. So I'll be able to eat there just right before it goes under refurbishment. So that's a huge blow to my trip, Nick, and I knew about this, but I've been just kind of putting it in the back of my mind because the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean is one of my favorite rides of all time, and the last time I was there, didn't get to ride it because it was closed down, um, not for refurbishment, but just closed down as it as it does frequently. Um, 
and this time, you know, this is my son's first trip, and I was hoping that he would actually get a chance to ride it, and it's going to be closed as well while I'm on my trip this summer. And right. so that restaurant that you're talking about, they are talking about that being closed for refurbishment because of that Jungle Cruise restaurant that we talked about a few episodes ago. They're, the, the rumors are kind of swirling about that closing down for refurbishment because they're turning it into – a Jungle Cruise restaurant. There's been a lot of rumors about kitchen equipment being moved in and expansion inside of that restaurant. So uh, keep tuned for that. Yeah, and I can't wait to see what refurbishments they have in place. Now, I'm not going to list all the dates for the rest of these, but in Epcot, uh, we, well, first off, we have nothing in Hollywood Studios, but in Epcot, Voyage of the Little Mermaid, Animal Kingdom, you got Flame Tree Barbecue for all you barbecue fans, and so on and so on. I can go down the list, but the uh, main topic would be the Magic Kingdom. Now, I want to also talk about dirty laundry, Dave. Do you have any dirty I don't laundry? Do laundry in my house? Ooh, I'm not allowed. Not allowed. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, so you, you pulled what I pulled when I first uh, married Aaron. You mess it up once royally, and you yeah, never I took have that to do from it Everybody again. loves Raymond. Remember that episode? <laughs> no, I don't. I think I actually learned <laughs> that from you. Maybe you learned it from Raymond, and I learned it from you, and I took your advice, and it has worked out thus far. So, wifey, if you're listening. I apologize. Love you. Anywho, so dirty laundry. Have, Dave, have you ever gone to a resort and you're just like, oh, man, I've been at the parks, like you call it, hustling and bustling for the past 12 hours. And the last thing I want to do is a load of laundry for my chillings and myself so we can go back at it the next day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it royally sucks, right? Especially when you get there and your magic band works half the time and you can't get into uh, the laundry area and you just want to get in there. And now you have to find someone. So. Just like Disney has been doing all along the last year with uh, customers now going online and reserving reservations for fast passes and yeah. restaurants, it's coming, Dave. Now, reservations aren't coming to the various resorts in the laundry areas, but you can visit a website to see which ones are being used and how far along they are in the cycle. Okay. <laughs> no, it, it royally stinks when you get there and they're all filled. They're all going. You don't, you don't know how far along they are in their cycle. All of them are being used. You have some that still have clothes in it, but no one's picked them up yet. There is a site, and let me give it to you. It's www.laundryview.com forward slash Disney World. You can go to that site. And you can actually see which units are being used and how much longer they have until they until their cycle has ended. I think that's pretty cool. So what do you think, Dave? The next question is, are we going to start doing uh, reservations in our Magic Bands for oh, Laundry Band no service? I have doubt that you'll be able to pay for them immediately. As soon as you go in, you can swipe your band and it uh, starts your load for you. That That is the bare minimum right there is that the Magic Bands, will there will be a sensor on the washer and dryers for that. I guarantee you that's coming. That would be hilarious to be at the you know to be at the Magic Kingdom and you're like it's five o'clock and okay all right I have a I have a fast pass for the laundromat at the Art of Animation at seven we have to get there. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah. Laugh with me, buddy. It's funny. Okay, moving make on. it fake. <laughs> moving on. All right, moving on, Dave. That's all I have for us this week. That was some pretty cool stuff. What do you got for us? All right, here we go. We're traveling backwards in time. Right now, we're leaving the world of today behind. So if your imagination is ready, 
Here we go. This week in Disney history starts with May 3rd. That's this Sunday, May 3rd, going back to 1994. That's a fantastic year. We talked about it last week, and we're talking about it this week. In 1994, this was the day that Disney announced that they were going to actually have a cruise line. So from that date on, it was public knowledge that Disney was going to be cruising, and we would be following along with that. That's really neat, man. You know, to this day, you and I, that's something that my wife and I really want to do is just jump aboard a cruise. I don't care which ship it is, just to be on a boat and be floating in water. Yeah, one of these days for sure. May 4th, 1977. We've got another Space Mountain fact here. Space Mountain opens in Disneyland in 1977. Now, I was always under the impression that uh, Space Mountain was at Disneyland first, then at Disney World, but... Uh, looking at this, it turns out that was not the case. Disney World had its Space Mountain in 1975, and it was so popular that they decided to open up at Disneyland. So this date in history, 1977, Space Mountain opens at Disneyland. Sweet. Moving on to May 5th. That's right, May 5th, 2005. Cinco de Mayo for our friends down south. Arriba. This is the day that Epcot came to Orlando. Now, everybody knows that Soarin' originated in California. You know, the movie's all about Soarin' over California. And so this one takes place at Disney World. Um, the popularity was so strong in California, they opened one up in Disney World on this date in 2005. Yeah, now who's the guy that's the host or um, what, the flight attendant of Soarin'? He was on Friends. Yeah, I always think it's one guy, and then uh, my wife corrects me. That dude is absolutely perfect for that. I, I couldn't imagine anyone else. I laugh every single time when I stand in the queue and I listen to that guy with his little speech beforehand, like, you know, you're actually boarding an airplane. So funny, so corny, so cheesy. It's hilarious. His name is actually Patrick Warburton. He looks an awful lot like another guy that is a, a star in a lot of movies, and I always get him confused, and Trish has to remind me and correct me that I'm not right. Yeah, he was on Friends, and I just found him absolutely hilarious. Perfect. I couldn't imagine anyone else doing it. So what else he got for us? Next up is May 6th, 1969. Good year. At least my father-in-law always told me. That was the year you could have a bed in the back of your van, and it was acceptable. Awesome. Also in 1969, though, Roger Brogy and Earl Vilmer purchased five railroad engines, which would then be later used at the Disney World Resort in Orlando, Florida. Yeah, did they purchase those from, like, Mexico? They did, and they shipped them up and had them taken apart completely and redone, and uh, now they now they roam the parks at Disney World. Yeah, that is a very interesting story. Do you think about it? I wonder if it cost more money to do that, to actually buy them and ship them, than it would be just to actually just buy them in the States. So there was some sort of a law that, was, uh, that outlawed the uh, movement of those things in and out of the country, and... Um, somehow Disney got around that, so oh, okay, kind of interesting. That was May sixth. Now we're going to go on to May seventh. We're going to two thousand one, and this one I just I'm going to tell you about. I'm not exactly sure about it. Bring it but on, Dave. May seventh, two thousand one. There was an announcement that there was going to be a new Anaheim Park that would join California Adventure and Disneyland. The, process, the application process started on May 7, 2001. Now, the information that I have says that uh, no opening day has been determined yet, and I haven't heard anything about this third park. Dude, where would they put it? 
I don't have it, any there's idea. There's no land available down there unless they bought out all of the hotels behind it. So the only thing that I can think that this article's talking about is that uh, this third park would be downtown Disney. Okay. And they, I, I don't, I don't know why they call that a park, but that's the only thing I can think of because this was 2001 and downtown Disney, uh, in California happened pretty, pretty much right after that. Uh, so that's the only thing I can think about. But just think about having a third park there in California. I mean, you'd almost have to build another layer on top of the park that you that you have. Sort of be like the concept uh, from the St. Louis design. You know, just yeah. stack it. No joke. Okay, moving on to May 8th. Going back to 1926, legendary comedian Don Rickles was born in Queens, New York. Now, do you know any of the voices that Don Rickles plays? Oh, yeah, man. That's easy, Dave. Mr. Potato Head. Yeah, he's the voice of Mr. Potato Head, and he also uh, is the voice within the ride, Toy Story Mania. And then he was also uh, lent his voice to one of the characters in the Tiki Room. And everybody knows Don Rickles. He's an amazing comedian, but he was born in 1926, Queens, New York, on May 8th. Yeah, awesome, dude. One more day in this week. One more day. So we've got May 9th, 2005. This is the day that Disney sued Disney. Whoa, whoa, say again? Disney sued Disney. Wait a minute, say again? (laughs) So, the story is this. Roy E. Disney, that's Walt's nephew, and Stanley P. Gold filed suit in Delaware against the Walt Disney World Company because of a lot of the politicking was going on between the board of directors and uh, Roy Disney didn't care for what was going on. They announced something to the shareholders uh, and... Roy thought that everybody was out of line with that, so he decided, along with Stanley P. Gold, to act to sue the Walt Disney Company. So yeah, Delaware had to make their uh, footnote somewhere. And really, their their lawsuit was all about. Uh, Roy thought that the company was making false statements about the CEO in the search for a CEO, and uh, didn't like the way that the process was running. So he decided to file this suit in court in Delaware. Now, why they chose Delaware? I have no idea. So Roy brought this on? Yep. Because he didn't like the process of picking the CEO? Yeah, there was a lot of that politicking that was going on, and you know he was part of that for a while and then decided to step down, and some people think it wasn't his choice. and uh, So there was a lot of that going on, and I think he probably, this was all part of that, the lawsuit that he filed. So Disney sues Disney. That is awesome. And that's it for this week in Disney history. Thanks, Dave. Up next, we're going to be talking with another co-worker of ours, Jeff, who teaches second grade at the same elementary school that we teach at. And we're just going to sit down and chat with him all things Star Wars, merchandise, movies, cartoons, and everything and anything in between. So This is going to be a lot of Nick and Jeff talking tonight because Jeff is a huge Star Wars nerd and Nick is right up there with him. But I just don't have the Star Wars knowledge for this kind of conversation. So I'll chime in whenever I can. But... uh. You're going to hear a lot of conversation going on between two Star Wars nerds and uh, a little peek in the life of one of them. Now, I will say, I don't know as much as he does. Compared to Jeff, I'm just hopping on the bandwagon. But I love Star Wars. He knows a ton more than I do. But I can't wait to sit down and just pick his brain and discuss the merchandise, the movies, and things like that. So stay tuned. Up next, Jeff, all things Star Wars. But first, a word from our sponsor. What if you could travel like a rock star for pennies on the dollar? 
What if you could earn an unlimited number of $1,000 bonuses for showing others how to do the same? What if we could show you how to become completely financially free in the most exciting, sexy, fun business on the planet? Perfect, because we have all of that with a brand new company that just launched. A company with proven management, unique and documented technology, and perfect timing. A product that everybody wants and even dreams about. And a compensation plan that pays out better than anything in the industry. It's called Surge 365. Find out how you can be a part of something big and make your travel and financial dreams come true. Timing is everything and positioning is vital. It's your time. Let's go. Interested in becoming a travel agent yourself and helping others plan their next Disney vacation? Interested in learning more about Surge 365? How to get paid to travel, make $1,000 bonuses, or just simply want to book your next Disney vacation with Disney professionals? Well, Dream Makers at Two Tickets to Paradise Travel are ready to help you make your wish come true. Contact travel at Two Tickets to Paradise.net. Don't dream your life. Live your dreams. Have an idea, question, or want to share your experiences on the show? Contact Nick and Dave anytime. Email them at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. Text them at 407-674-0414. Follow Nick and Dave on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Simply search for Mousecapades Podcast. Listen to Nick and Dave on iTunes, Podcast Addict, TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher Radio. Simply search for Mousecapades. Mousecapades Podcast. Now, from the Mousecapades Studios, here are your hosts, Nick and Dave. That intro rocks, Dave. I am so glad that we have Stephen J., who does our DJ Drops, who created that for us for our Mousecapade Podcast. Today is episode 10, and this is a very special episode May the 4th be with you, my friends. Hopefully today for you, it is May 4th, which is Star Wars Day. I like to think of it as a national holiday. May the 4th be with you. In today's episode, we're going to sit down with another teacher from our school, a very special teacher, Jeff, who's going to talk about all things Star Wars, from the Star Wars merchandise to the movies to the cartoons and everything in between, wherever the episode may take us. So a very special welcome to Jeff. Hey, Jeff, welcome to the show. May the 4th be with you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on, and may the 4th be with you also. May the 4th be with you, my friend. All right, Jeff, so we do have you on because... You do call yourself a Star Wars expert, so enlighten us. <laughs> uh, we've all seen... Let's just kick it off. Uh, let, let me ask some personal questions real, real quick. First off, why Star Wars, buddy? What got you into? Uh, what got you interested in Star Wars? Well, you know, I was lucky enough to grow up and, uh, and during the, the, the Star Wars boom in the, in the late 70s and, and early 80s. And, and to be honest, luckily enough for me, I, I had an older brother, about five years my senior, who really got me into Star Wars. Uh, so I was lucky enough to have all the hand-me-downs from the older brother, and not only the, the love of Star Wars, but the, the tangible things, like the T-shirts that were handed down to me, the original Millennium Falcon, and all the Star Wars figures that were handed down to me, which, of course, my mom sold in garage sales years oh, later. Oh, see, I can remember the Star Wars figurines as well. My brothers uh, had them uh, when I was growing up, and they had that the Darth Vader uh, 
case where you place all of your figurines into. Yeah. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you kind of stand them up and shove them in there, and that's how you would sort them out. And I always wanted to get them out, and I can remember my brother Jim always getting upset with me when I would get them out. We yeah. had that same exact case at my house. You still do? Yeah, dude. Well, it's I'm, down I'm, my basement. All right, unlock your door. I'm coming over. <laughs> Don't mind me. Got Darth were, Vader you, and Princess Leia down in the case. When Watch you were it. a kid, were you like me when you took all the figures out and you resorted them like by height or by color or by aliens and Imperials? and? and Actually, Jedi. I think my mom bought them in a garage sale. Where'd you live, Jeff? I'm <laughs> playing. <laughs> yeah, I need that back as soon as possible. <laughs> That's really neat, Jeff. I'm glad you just shared that experience growing up. I, I think Dave and I both had the same experiences growing up as well. Let me ask you this next question. What is it about the films that struck a chord with you growing up? What do you what do you think it was? Was it the uh, the imagery, the characters, the teachings from the Jedi ways? What was it for you? <laughs> you know, it was a little bit of everything, but I think I think for the most part it was the characters, and it was that connection with the little figurines that you would have at your house and and and, and playing with at home, and to be able to see those figurines up on the big screen. So I think I think at our age. At least back then, like that was kind of a, a first thing for us. Um, like I, I remember my, you know, what, what are those like the old uh, GI Joe figures, like the eight inch tall, eight inch, ten, ten inch tall GI Joe figures that with like, the rubber bands inside of them. Yeah, like, yeah, our uncles had them, you know, growing up and things like that. So it was kind of the the, the first time to, to be able to collect something like that and, and have something tangible, and and to see that on the big screen was a, was a huge deal for me. You didn't shove firecrackers up the GI Joes and. No, no, that wasn't me, huh? That wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't you. <laughs> Don't mess with those GI Joes, man. That's what I. That was my favorite. There, I collected the GI Joes, and my bro collected the uh, Star Wars figures. Would you ever swap out the arms and legs and stuff? Because you know you could take them out, just pop out the rubber bands. <laughs> we had battle GI Joe against Star Wars for sure. Nice. Star right. Wars every time, right? Uh, sadly, yes. <laughs> I can remember just because he was older, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jeff, you bring up you know just having those characters. I can remember as a kid, who was the character in Jawa's palace or whatever that was the green dude with the horn or with the like tusk coming out of the sides of his mouth and he was short and stocky, looked like a pig. Oh, all the guards, the yeah, guards. The guards. I can't think of their names right now, but yeah. I can remember my father leaving to go to Walmart. I think I don't know. I think it might have been Walmart. I don't. I can remember him just because I said I liked it and I wanted it. I can remember him leaving to go get it and he, he came back with it. And just those yeah. those good times of, you know, just those cool moments of just getting that figure and taking it out of that plastic and knowing that it was a Star Wars figurine, something special. Yeah, especially characters like those because your parents would go out and get you one. But then in the movies, you would see there were like a dozen of them walking around. So then right. you have to go back and get you like 11 more. <laughs> exactly. And that's still the case today. And we're going to get to that later on. But uh, really cool. So thinking of yourself, do you think you're more like Luke? Or Darth Vader? Oh, Luke, easily. Easily Luke. I mean, Luke Luke was a childhood hero. I mean, every, everybody wanted to be Luke. Nobody wanted to be Darth Vader. So you're Mostly because you don't have a robotic arm, right? Correct, correct. So it's, it's also because you're in love with your sister. Correct. And, you know, funny, funny enough, my sister actually had a mechanical arm when we were growing up. What? <laughs> I wish I was joking about this, but I'm, but I'm not. But I was no, I was not. In, I was not in love with my sister. But no, it's it's true. My sister had a mechanical arm when we were growing up. She was she was born without her right arm, 
And so when we were kids, we used to pretend that that like you know when we were playing around Star Wars, you know she was of course was always Luke Skywalker because she had that she had that prosthetic arm. So Dave, you might not get that reference when I say in love with your sister, do you? Yeah, because Luke is okay, uh, okay. Leia's sister, my brother. Right, right, and they find out in the movie. Okay. Yeah, and I forgot that Luke had a mechanical arm too. My reference was Darth Vader. So, <laughs> hey, people listening, you're gonna hear a lot of that stuff because I don't know much about Star Wars. <laughs> Why not Darth Vader, Jeff? Oh, because he was—I mean, he was the ultimate evil. He was the the supreme bad guy. I mean, everything he did was unforgivable. So, you know, even though he redeemed himself at the end of uh, end of episode episode six, you know, for the last five minutes or so, even though he did that, I mean, you can't forgive him for that as a kid. There's no way. So, so it was always Luke. So always Darth Luke. Vader wasn't accepted by you in the last seconds of the movie. Sure, he was, but I, you know, I'm I'm, I'm going to forgive, but I'm not going to forget. Okay, all right. Um, real quick here, let's see, I just had a couple questions I jotted down just as an intro for you. Um, how did you feel when you heard that there was going to be a sequel trilogy? You know what, to be honest, and I don't know about you, but at first, extremely nervous, extremely nervous. Well, you know, as, as bad as, as most people took the prequels, um, when I heard the news about the new movies, just really nervous. But then as, you know, I got some, you know, some news started coming out, um, definitely got a lot more excited. And I'll tell you right now, all that nervousness is gone. I know I'm just 100% excited. Yeah, um, I kind of agree with you. But I also knew that, you know, Disney took over Avengers. And they did something really cool and special with the Avengers uh, product. And I, I sort of expect the same when it comes to Disney. Uh, and we'll talk about that later uh, as far as how the Avengers, I felt, just got better and better with every movie release. I really uh, hope, and I, and, I, and I know it will, with every release of the next Star Wars movie, I, I just think it's going to get better and better for this next generation. Yeah. So so just one more question, Jeff, just so we can better know you a little bit today. Who shot first? And I think you know where I'm going. Yeah. Was it Han Solo yeah. or Greedo? Have you oh, slow-moed that video? Easily Han Solo. You think Han Solo? Right? I yeah. Think so. I think so. Yeah. Without question. Have you have you got, tried to go back and slow mo the video? No, no. You haven't. Why is that? Oh, just to see who actually did shoot first. Oh, uh, well, just you know, see, the... just to see if the, I know it cuts away. Just to see if there's a sliver of, of right. something evidence. Right. No, I haven't done that yet. Oh, okay. All right. I didn't know. All right. So let's talk about. I know you're a huge fan of Star Wars Rebels, correct? That's right. Yes, the new Disney cartoon. And there's even a newer one out, right? No, Rebels is the Rebels is the new one. Okay, That's what out. was before that? Before that was the Star the Star Wars Clone Wars. Excuse me, Clone Star Wars. Wars. That's right. That's right. Yeah, animated series. See, yeah. I couldn't get into that. I just really couldn't. I I love Star Wars, but the animation for some reason. And I'm a huge animation fan. Dave, you know I love animation. I would love to be an animator. I I do a lot of my own animation here in the house. I Last could week not... we learned he's got a six plane. Uh, what's it called, Nick? Multi-plane camera. A multi-plane camera. Hold on, hold on. Let me look over because I'm, I'm not too sure if it was six planes. I, I should know this. I'm I'm looking at it right now. Let's count. One, two, three, four, five. Yes, only six. Yeah, because because Walt had seven. Yeah, so Walt was better than me. Walt was better than everybody, right? Yeah, true. All right. All right. So tell us a little bit about the Rebels universe. 
Well, the Rebels universe uh, takes place just a few years, I want to say four or five years before the start of Episode 4. But if we, if we go back to the, the, original, the original, original Clone Wars cartoons, which took place uh, between um, Episodes 1 and 2, I believe, and those were mainly online, and it was a, a 2D animation. But after the success of that, and I think, I think after George Lucas uh, saw what could be done these days with the story, um, he, he, uh, he and, and LucasArts uh, came out with the Clone Wars cartoons um, on the Cartoon Network, and that spanned the gap between Episodes 2 and 3. And that was a 3D animation uh, cartoon. And to me, I mean, that just blew my socks off. And, you know, kids these days... Um, well, listen to me now. I sound like an old man. But kids these days were really taken to that cartoon. And especially, I think, they really took to the prequels. Um, so I think that the, the cartoon and the prequels really brought in a new generation of fans. And for the kids, the prequels and the Clone Wars, Clone Wars cartoons had something that we really didn't have growing up with Star Wars. And that was a ton of lightsaber battles. FYI, Jeff is an old man, for those of you that can't see it. <laughs> okay, so fast forward, let's go to uh, Star Wars Rebels. Uh, what's the time lapse in between? I know you just start, you just talked about when they take place, but how many years are we talking between Clone Wars and Rebels in the Star Wars universe? Well, how, let's see, how far between uh, Revenge of the Sith and um, A New Hope? Like, what is that, 16 years or so, 16 to 20 years? We'll go with that, okay, you're the yeah. expert today. Uh, yeah. So, that's right. So Star Wars Rebels takes place just before A New Hope, just before Episode Four, uh, three to five years or so before that. So you know Luke is still probably ten, twelve, thirteen years old or something like that, and it uh, it's 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 on the Disney Channel now. So this is the first cartoon that Disney has has kind of taken the torch or the I guess the passing of the lightsaber. I guess you could say. And they've really uh, stayed true to um, a lot of the great things, I think, that, that, that came out during the uh, Clone Wars cartoons. And that was major lightsaber battles and just awesome, awesome animation. And again, it's really brought the kids into the, into the Star Wars universe. Like you're looking around and there's kids with uh, Clone Wars backpacks and there's kids with Rebels folders and, Rebel, and uh, picture books about Star Wars Rebels and things like that. Or you have kids walking into Goodwill and buying lightsabers. Yes, that's right. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do remember that. We, we cut school one, one day. Uh, what was it? The back to school bash? Right. Yeah. We, we cut Davey there. Yeah. So, Dave, I don't know if you remember. You probably do. Of course you do. Because you wussed out. <laughs> no, Just, I was there. No, you weren't. He was there that day. Not because a, that was the day you also bought like some sort of ATV for your son, Nick. Yeah, there? were you really there, Dave? Yeah, yeah we fell. Oh, okay. Remember we fell asleep on those well, leather you, couches watching Ghostbusters? Okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. You well, you bust out so many times, I forget. So we were Whatever. on different couches too when we passed out too. <laughs> yeah, just for the record. I woke up and okay. Jeff was rubbing Nick's back. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that one. Hey, what kind of, what my kind of, wife listens to this podcast. <laughs> no, she's joking. Um, no, I don't know if she does. Anyway. <laughs> okay, moving on. So, Nick, have you seen, have you watched the Rebels cartoons or have you watched the Clone Wars cartoons? I've tried getting into it. I have an in-law who watches it every now and then, uh, Aaron's brother. I know my my nephew 
they watch it religiously, they being my brother and, and his son, and I just can't get into it. I don't know what it is, Jeff. I love animation. I, yeah. I, I don't know why I can't get into it. Well, what you got to do is you have to get just a giant screen TV in your house and just start watching it. But one of the great things about... I am a teacher, you know, so I, I can't afford a big screen television. Oh, okay. Well, you can come over next weekend and we'll get started on it. But, um, you know, the, as much heat as the, the prequels took, and, you know, deservedly so, you know, too, um, the Clone Wars cartoons actually added a lot of elements to Anakin's storyline and Anakin's um, um, path to the dark side. Because a lot of people, I don't know about you, but I felt that, you know, even though I was actually a fan of the prequels, I felt that Anakin's path to the dark side was rushed and it was quick and it didn't make a lot of sense. But if you watch the cartoons, which again go from episodes two to three, if you watch the cartoons, you can get a little bit more depth into why are the, the things that drove him to the dark side. Earlier you were talking about uh, backpacks and, and, and figurines and stuff like that, which leads us to merchandise. Um, and I just want to talk about, have you played Disney's Infinity? You know, I have. I have played that with my nephews. Just a few hours ago, IGN leaked uh, basically a story on Star Wars Disney Infinity 3.0. Right, yeah. So Disney just linked Disney Infinity 3.0 featuring Star Wars with Anakin and, um, oh, jeez, you're going you're gonna to hate me here. How uh, do you pre- uh, Ahsoka? Uh, yes, thank you so much. So, so yeah. they have Anakin and Ahsoka on the front, right? Right. Now, what universe is Ahsoka from? Now, Ahsoka, I'm really glad you brought that up. Ahsoka is Anakin's Padawan in the Star Wars, Clone Wars cartoons. And, you know, I don't want to give away too many spoilers because I know you're going to go out and watch it after I've talked about it. But at the end, um, Ahsoka kind of has a falling out with the Jedi Order. Um, So, like, her storyline is kind of left open at the end of that series. Now, again, I don't want to give away any spoilers, but Star Wars Rebels, well, I don't want to give away any spoilers, but I guess I'm about to. Um, in Star Wars Rebels, she actually makes an appearance at the end of that. So it's it's really bridging the gap between Star Wars Clone Wars cartoon and Star Wars Rebels cartoon. Okay, so from looking at the cover of this box, uh, the Disney Infinity series, Star Wars series 3.0, you have those two characters on there, so that kind of uh, makes you think that this is going to have a Rebels appeal? I hope so. You okay. know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if it's just going to be – I'm not 100% or I'm not fully – I don't have full understanding of, of the Disney Infinity uh, game, but I believe it's just going to be a couple of characters that are introduced to, like, playable characters for the kids to play, right? Right. Well, there was 1.0, and then there was 2.0. Avengers came out with, the you know, Disney Infinity 2.0. Okay. And then now Star Wars is coming out with Disney Infinity 3.0, which means you do have to upgrade. So okay. you have, yeah, it's not just the characters you're buying. You're, you have to upgrade to the new play set so uh so like disney so all the characterines or figurines that come out will not be able to play if you have disney infinity 2.0 you have to have that 3.0 that's where that's where they get you so it you know they it just dropped on ign with the star wars disney infinity 3.0 and it's getting mixed reviews although what i've read online it's laced with a whole bunch of praise jeff 
It's right. also getting some mixed reviews. Uh, yeah. People are blaming Disney for milking the Infinity, uh, Infinity series, and it's leaving individuals with second thoughts, you know, as far as the, uh, Disney's morals and business ethics. They're, it's, it, they're definitely showing that they're milking the series and forcing right. Disney Star Wars fans uh, to leave comments such as, let me read some of these. Uh, this is from IG, IGN.com. Winter Soldier said, hey, what's up with the 1.0, 2.0, 3.0 naming uh, scheme? Couldn't, there, couldn't they just release new characters now and then and not rename the entire game? Uh, Spike6958 said, it's a new game in the series and the characters and playsets from 3.0 won't work with 1.0 and 2.0, just like the characters and playsets from 2.0 don't work with 1.0. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think Disney's definitely milking the system here? You know, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I think people are going to spend the money no matter what, and I, especially for something like this with the 3.0. I mean, like you know, at our age, like we have kids uh, that are growing up and playing these things, and as adults, we're the old Star Wars fans, and I don't care how much they're milking me. If they're coming out with a Disney Infinity 3.0 with Star Wars, I'm buying it, whether I have kids or not. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. Uh, I will say. With Disney releasing the 1.0, 2.0, and 3.0, and the systems not being, um, I guess, forward compatible, kind of hurts a little bit. I wish Disney would kind of go outside the boundaries of a lot of developers and just say, hey, let's make our game series forward compatible with the characters and the figurines. Sure. You know, you know if with video games everywhere, there's there, there, these problems pop up everywhere. You know, even if you have, uh, if you play the, you know, generation consoles like a PS4 or the the Xbox One, one, you know, you you spend, you drop sixty dollars on a brand new video game nowadays. Well, then you have to buy the season pass. You got to buy all, or if you don't do that, you have to buy all the downloadable content. And so after you drop sixty dollars in a game, if you want to play the full game, even after you spent that sixty dollars in the game, you're going to end up forking out a lot of dough. To, com- to download that complete game and to finish the game as it was originally made. All right, so let's let's jump into the best part, and then we'll leave with this, Jeff. Sure. The movies, okay? Yes. How is Disney going to satisfy the Star Wars thirst and be able to relate to both the Gen Xers and the Millennials with the new Star Wars release set for this year and years to come? You know, that's a really good question. I'm not sure. I, I do know that even from the uh, trailers, you know, there's a lot of new digital effects, new camera angles, new tricks that you that we never saw in any of the original Star Wars movies. You know, I don't know if you've seen the, the series Battlestar Galactica, but when the Millennium Falcon in the in the uh, teaser trailer too when the Millennium Falcon was flying through being being pursued and he was flying into the, the wreck of that ship. Um, you know, they, they zoomed in, which is very reminiscent of, of tricks they used to use in the Battlestar Galactica series. So there's all kinds of new things and new tricks and, and, and new things they're trying out. But at the same time I do know, which is one thing I love, that instead of everything being CGI'd, that the aliens are actual actors in costumes or they're puppets. And so I think that's really going to reach to the original audience like you and me. So, Jeff, let me ask you, the Avengers series has gotten darker and darker as it has gone on. Is Do you think that Disney's going to go the same way with the Star Wars series, or do you think they're going to keep it real? Yeah, are they going to add more grit? 
You know what? That's actually a really good question. I was just reading about, which I didn't know this originally, but J.J. Abrams um, is, has gotten into some, I don't know, arguments or maybe not arguments, but uh, disagreements with Disney over exactly what you're talking about. And that is that J.J. Abrams really wants to set a much darker tone with these movies. And I guess Disney has a little bit of a problem with that. So it sounds like a tug of war. And, um, you know, a lot of people think that's even, um, well, I don't know if a lot of people think this, but, you know, who knows that maybe that's one of the reasons why the uh, release date has been pushed back so far, because there's a lot of disagreement about the direction that Abrams wants to take the movies versus what Disney is expecting. I think that's really going to appeal to the millennials, you know, bringing a darker appeal to it. I think that's what really uh, revived the Bond series. You know, you had the Hollywooded or Hollywood Bond of Pierce Brosnan. And when he brought in uh, Daniel Craig and gave him a more gritty or a more grit character, uh, I don't know. I think the Bo- the Bond series just moved forward leaps and bounds. So I, I really hope they do. Disney does the same thing with Star Wars. I agree. Yeah, and you know, like you said, you know, us millennials, um, we after the the original movies came out, you know. In, instead of releasing more more movies, uh, George Lucas or LucasArts instead decided to, re, to release a lot of expanded universe literature, a lot of books and things like that. And those books, in my opinion, definitely had a much, much darker tone than the original movies did. So but I think that that was pretty genius that he spaced it out like that so that he could make the most of all of his promotional gigs. And, you know, they have all these different, you know, spinoffs and they have all the action figures. So it just kind of has – I mean, look at us. We've been talking about the first releases were when, what, like 73 of the movies, the first three came out. And here we are just now finishing the series up. So, I mean, that's a huge marketing ploy too. Sure, definitely, Dave. Um, so before we before we cut out here, I sent you guys a, couple, a few links of the different trailers. I sent you teaser trailer one and two, and then Dave – Jeff actually contacted me earlier and sent me an email on a fan-based teaser trailer that is apparently extended that you can find on YouTube as well. So what is it, like a bootleg? I don't know. We're going to look at it right now. or Not right now, but the links that I sent you, I guys want you to go to the very first teaser trailer, the first one that everyone saw worldwide. And we're going to break this down. And uh, I just want to get your thoughts, Jeff, if we could. Yeah. Now, we just have this... Well, what appears to be a stormtrooper, right? Um, and I immediately—he's he's missing his helmet, by the way. Yeah, right, and I couldn't help but think uh, Mel Brooks's film. Uh, we ain't found it, <laughs> right? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I can't help but think uh, Spaceballs when I saw this. Like I immediately thought it, and I know my brother did as well. I called him when the teaser trailer came out, and it was funny because we both said the same thing. Mel Brooks. <laughs> I don't know your thoughts. We'll comb the place. We I know, any- I know, I know. It's uh, he's a, a stormtrooper in disguise, correct? <laughs> you, or you think that that the guy that with his helmet off is a stormtrooper in disguise? Well, not a stormtrooper in disguise, but I mean, a, a Jedi is a horrible disguise. What is he, a Jedi <laughs> in disguise or something, or part of the Rebel Alliance? I'm not sure. I don't think he. I don't think he has anything to do with the Jedi's. I think. I think the guy is just a um, an actual stormtrooper recruit because you know in the in the prequels the stormtroopers were clone troopers, but stormtroopers are not clones. Stormtroopers are recruits. So everything, all the the stormtroopers are actual just regular guys, like just like an army would recruit you. 
So I'm, oh, I'm okay. thinking there was some. I'm guessing that there was some failed um, stormtrooper exercise or uh, stormtrooper mission that he got stranded, and all. And next thing you know, here he is without a stormtrooper helmet, and he's on this strange outer rim planet with uh, with no help. Maybe he's out looking for John Candy. Oh, too soon, Dave. Dude, or is, <laughs> is the radar jammed? <laughs> All right, moving on. By the way, by yeah. the way, that, that stormtrooper without the helmet—I don't know about you, but every trailer I've seen, the guy's out of breath. Yes, I don't know if is. there's an asthma problem in the new movies or not, but somebody's got to get that guy an inhaler. Maybe it's a Spariva commercial. <laughs> okay, moving on. Shameless plug. Um, here he is walking around, and he, the camera pans to his back as he sees, I guess, where he's at. So it kind of looks like, like you just said. He's not sure where he's at. Now yeah. the screen goes dark, and all of a sudden, now you see this R2D2 ball, roly, roly poly looking thing. Who is yeah, this? Yeah, BB-8. I think his name is BB-8. And when was he introduced? I don't think I don't think that that droid has ever been introduced. I think it's a new class of droid, and that's not just a, a droid head rolling around on a ball. Like that whole contraption is actually the droid. Now, do you think that's just CGI? That, you know what? I heard that it wasn't. I don't know how okay. they can do it without CGI, but I've heard it wasn't. I heard it was it was a puppet. Probably a magnet. The ball rolls, and there's a magnet on the bottom of the head, and it just stays – the head yeah, I mean, if, itself. Yeah, I mean, if we were actually in the Star Wars universe, that's the only way I could see it done. But I can't see that being done without CGI. I don't know. It does look pretty slick. I can't wait to see the movie and see what's – this, what's the story's name again? BB-8. BB-8. I can't wait to see his features and what he does. That's awesome. Yeah, that's right. All right, so BB-8's rolling through the desert here, looking around. Camera goes dark. And all of a sudden, now we have the new look of the Stormtroopers. And I, I actually I love these helmets. They're sick. They are. They really are. I really like how they've evolved. It looks like they're in some transport carrier-looking deal. Reminds me when I was overseas. All right, so we have... And they look distressed, too, so that's why I think that that stormtrooper that we see waking up in the desert is part of that stormtrooper group. And there's some. I feel like they're in some sort of distress, or they're being attacked, and there's a lot of chaos going on. All right, so we have X-Wings flying over uh, the water. Right, and I, I, I think that's like that. I believe that's that grit you're talking about. Like, to me, like, I've never seen X-Wings like that before. That's gritty to me. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And then all of a sudden, the camera goes to this dark, shadowy figure walking through uh, the forest that's covered by snow, or covered with snow. And that's here's right. here's the person's lightsaber, and it's red, and it's shooting out from three different sides. That's right. And you know, a lot of people, there's a lot of speculation on who he or she is. Uh, there's 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 some rumors that because of the expanded universe books that um, this character could be a, a clone of a former Jedi or a former um, major character, which I don't know. We'll have to see about that. Um, there's also speculation that this could be the 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 son or the daughter of Han Solo and Princess Leia. What? Yeah, that's right. So that, why would this? Why would the sun go dark? Well, you can see that I think the character is searching for something. At least that's the kind of vibe that I'm getting from it. So the character is searching for something, and you know the whole the whole Jedi path is them searching, um, you know, in themselves and 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 searching. Hey, so when did Han Solo and Leia have a baby? Well, in the expanded universe, I believe they had twins. 
So was that a Big Bang Theory? <laughs> oh. That was good. That was good. Leave that one in there. <laughs> all right, so... That's all I'm good for, man. This this person walking through the snow in this forest is carrying a lightsaber that's red. Typically, isn't that the color of the Sith? That's right, yeah. But also, isn't that the color of Santa Claus? Well, I don't know, it's man. a green I mean, lightsaber versus a red... Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying okay. to be useful. So, amongst despair and this evil-looking character walking through the forest that's covered with snow, all of a sudden, bam, you're hit with the Millennial Falcon flying right overhead. They cut that's to a right. new scene. And let's just let's hope that's Han Solo and Chewbacca flying that that. Right. Millennium. It looks like uh, yeah. It looks like uh, whoever's flying it had a little too much. That's right. And and if, when we get the well, we'll wait until we get the trade to uh, Taylor Trees or Taylor Trees <laughs> teaser. <laughs> you're, you're, now, you're, now you're starting to talk like uh, Chevy Chase on um, right. Christmas Vacation. <laughs> we ain't found. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and let's let's load up teaser trailer number two, and okay. I will send you guys the link here in just a sec. Hold tight. We're copying. Well, if, you let, if you let teaser trailer one play through, it automatically takes you to teaser trailer two. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Well, go to two. Okay, so this teaser trailer sets us back in the desert, and we're just looking That's at sand right. dunes. Tatooine, we hope. Tatooine, we hope. Okay, and it looks like someone is just zooming across. Let's see who that is. And it oh. looks a lot like the girls. The girls. The pause gr- it, the pause cr- it. We have a jump. ship. We have a ship down. Uh, That's and right. It looks like it's been weathered by oh, the storm, possibly shot down during a war. But you can tell it's been there for quite a while because there's a sand dune that kind of has formed over it a little bit. That's right. That's right. So what is this, this? Interesting. When you get to the uh, to Darth Vader's mask. Which is just really awesome that they've brought this mask back. But you can see that it's on some sort of platform or it's on some, some sort of pillar. Almost like it's in a museum or something like that. I don't know if you can see that in the background. Okay, so we basically have a narrator in the back saying the force is strong in my family. This person's looking down at Darth Vader's mask. And it looks totally just just melted on a That's- on a podium or something. Yeah, because I think at the end of episode six, I think Luke just discarded the helmet as he was trying to save his father. Okay, moving on. All right, so the camera pans up to R two D two with the Jedi mm-hmm. holding on, holding or touching the Which head of R two D two. You assume is Luke. Now, if you could, if you could pause it when that lightsaber is being passed. Right. First of all, you know, you, you would assume that's Luke that's putting his hand on R2-D2 because it's it's the, the prosthetic or the robotic hand. But I'm not so sure. I think the character looks awfully skinny to be Luke Skywalker. But that, that lightsaber that's being handed off, and I just I just found this out, that is um, Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber that was passed down to Luke Skywalker in Episode Four. So the one, I believe, the one that Luke lost when he had his hand chopped off by Darth Vader in Cloud City. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right, moving forward. So is that Luke Skywalker? That's that's what we're not sure about. It, it, it should be because he's got that prosthetic right hand. And so why is he putting his hand on R2-D2 right there? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe he's really sad. It's consoling a, a – console, what do they call it? Is it a droid or is that a robot? Consol- yeah. Hmm. All right. Moving on. 
Now it's also interesting when you get to the scene where the the stormtroopers are kind of up in ranks and they, and they they turn around to face the camera. If you and in the background is is the new I believe it's the I don't know if they're calling it the the Republic or the Imperial banner. It's that red and black banner in the background. Right, I see that. Yeah, but if you look underneath that banner, there's a small figure uh, in in dark clothes. Do you see him or her? I do. Yes. Yeah, a lot of speculation on who that could be because that kind of you know looks like a some sort of supreme commander, some definitely an important character. Dude, check out those stormtroopers. That those that is some awesome armor. Yeah, and 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 one thing I loved as a kid is how each stormtrooper was different based on what their what their what their uh, role know, is. They yeah, what their job yeah, is in the military basically. Right, and so you can you can really um, slow down that part of the film and see some different types of, of stormtroopers. Like, there's one in the background to the right, and you only get like a freeze frame of him, but it looks like he's some sort of uh, demolitions stormtrooper because he has a lot of grenades or or what do they call the thermal detonators maybe right. uh, strapped of his armor. But yeah, I agree. The stormtroopers are looking are looking really good for this new episode. That Hansel, he's so hot right now. It really is so hot right now. Okay, so I'm looking, you know, one stormtrooper is giving us the blue steel look, and I'm looking in the background trying to find some visors that are that are off, trying to look for eyes peeking through the holes like in some of the older older movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. No, I'm looking. It, it, this looks pretty cool. I do see on the back of the stormtroopers, though, I see this black circle disc looking thing. I wonder what that is. I, I believe the uh, stormtrooper without his helmet on at the beginning of teaser trailer one. I think he has that disc. Okay, so I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's to secure them when they're in the troop transporter or, or if that has any functionality to it at all. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's on. It's on the. Yeah. It's on the the stormtrooper's left shoulder blade, right behind. Right, and it might just be a place where they attach whatever pack they need for the whatever situation that they're going into. Awesome. Okay, so what do you think? You're looking at the new Stormtrooper helmets. I just I just find them very fascinating. They look awesome, way better, uh, much cooler than the old ones. The visor extends down uh, around their mouth. You see that? Yeah, I do. I don't I don't know. I guess it seems like these Stormtrooper helmets have more peripheral vision for peripherals for <laughs> <laughs> for the for the Stormtroopers. I don't know. Oh, it it might help with their aim because if you remember in the yeah, original episode, the stormtrooper was just horrible. Yeah, they suck. I think that's probably why they upgraded to the visors. You know, once uh, once yeah, they, they lost, they probably like, hey, one thing we have to do here, guys, we have to widen our visors. Yeah, they might actually be deadly now. Yeah, okay, they might actually be on target. All right, so where are you guys now? Totally gonna. Edit. Oh, dude, check that out. Okay, I didn't see this. There's a Tie Fighter parked right yeah. outside beside the stage. The, the new TIE Fighter, yeah. And it you know, it kind of looks like a snowy background. And Dave, we're at about 110, 115 right now on the video. But you can see there's a snowy background. And that TIE Fighter has the, the white um, wings, I guess you would call them, which makes me think that they're, 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 I guess, bred for that type of environment. So who is that woman? Well, she she's one of the new um, the new heroes. I believe there's three new heroes that they're that they're going to be uh, promoting, and she's one of them. And uh, a lot of again, a lot of speculation, a lot of rumors that that is one of the um, original series um, stars' daughters. So Luke Skywalker's daughter, perhaps uh, Han and Leia's daughter. Who knows? All right. I want to bring something up. You know, you said on stage you have that shadowy figure up there. 
and yeah. behind him is a whole bunch of other shadowy figures. But if you look down by the TIE Fighter, right in front of the TIE Fighter, it looks like you have a Stormtrooper, but has black armor on. Yeah, I see that, but they look awfully tall. So I think that's just... that's Well, it's just I'm as tall sure as the it. other one standing around. If you, I don't know if it's just my brain matrixing this, but it looks like he has Thanks. an arm oh, and a leg. Okay. You can see as the stormtroopers go back, they get they get shorter and shorter as they get further in the, in the right. distance. This may be some sort of like ap- apparatus that's holding that Tie Fighter onto the ground, you know, like a like a okay. like a parking lot, so to speak, for the Tie Fighter. Hey, so they the guy that was out in the desert is now back in in the battle here, and he took his helmet off again. Right. Well, that might be right before they crash, right before the, the his his uh, his troop, I guess, is attacked. He takes off his helmet and crash lands on Tatooine. And, of course, doesn't have the helmet on when he wakes up. I say, isn't that like the first rule of stormtroopers that you never take your helmet off? Yeah, that's probably why he's not going to be a stormtrooper anymore. Poor guy. <laughs> All right, moving on. Okay. Now, you'll get to the uh, the stormtrooper who has the different kind of armor on. And he's walking through what looks like a part of the Death Star, but it has a uh, almost like yes. a, an underground, underground part to it, like a rocky part to it. They're calling him, I don't know if this is his actual name, they're calling him the Chrome Trooper. You know, this, I be- this just looks like the dude that was standing in front of the TIE Fighter. You know what, it, it might be, it might be, he could be right, he could be very tall. But he, I believe, is in the TIE Fighter coming up that is um, attacking the Millennium Falcon. We'll have to watch for that. Harrison Ford looking like a grandpa. Dude, that looks awesome. Yeah. And, and also, if you if you go back again, uh, just you know, talking about um, you know, is, is this going to appeal to the to the fans of the original series? Um, there, I, I believe there's going to be a lot of nods to the original series by J.J. Abrams. And at about 120, 121 into the video, you'll see BB-8 peering around the corner of the Money and Falcon, and that's really similar to uh, the same thing R2D2 did in the original in the original movies. Okay, now his armor looks pretty slick, just like uh, yeah. just like the bounty hunter, you know. In in the old movies, his armor looked pretty slick, Boba and Fett. yeah, Boba Fett, sorry. Yeah. And he went out pretty easily. He did, he yeah. did, and 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 he was just kind of the cool factor in the movies, and that might be what this Chrome Trooper is. I wonder if he's going to go out easy <laughs> as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, the Chrome Trooper is another character they think that could be female. All right, so this trailer kind of ends and you have Harrison Ford standing next to Chewie saying we're home. Right. And I think, and a lot of people think that he's, they're actually coming across or coming upon the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon, which I'm guessing they haven't been in in quite a while. And so he's telling Chewbacca that they're home. Very awesome. Okay. Dave, what do you think? I, I think I think the credits. I told are gonna, you already. I think Han Solo looking like a grandpa up in there. <laughs> I think the they credits are, are going to end in this movie, um, and the song that's playing is going to be uh, "You Got a Friend in Me." It's going to be uh, Harrison Ford and Chewbacca. No, John Ratzenberger. <laughs> Anywho, uh, Jeff, I just want to say thank you so much for uh, coming on to the show this evening and chatting with uh, with us and. And hopefully our listeners got a little bit more insight on Star Wars. Uh, may the fourth be with you, my friend. Yeah, may the fourth be with you. And Jeff, nobody thanks you more than I do because I have no freaking idea what Star Wars is all about. I like the movies, but I am not so much a, a, a nerd like you guys are. So I thank you for talking with Nick about this. Oh, you're very welcome. And thanks for having me on the show, guys. It was a lot of fun. And may the fourth be with you also. 
that was an excellent interview with Jeff. Thank you so much, Jeff, for coming on the show. I want to give a big shout-out to Michael. You are a avid listener of the Mousecapades podcast. Dave and I just want to say thank you so much. Listeners, if you want to be on the show or have an idea or a question, you know you can always email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com or shoot us a text 407 674 0414. Again, thanks for listening. May the fourth be with you.